Welcome to another edition of From the Preacher's Study. My name is Kevin Clark. I'm a member of the Oak Mountain Church of Christ, and I, along with my colleague and friend, the preacher here, Bob Hutto, uh, are conducting this podcast, and so we're very grateful and thankful for you and appreciate all the support. Uh, we've said often we really appreciate the feedback that we get, some verbal, some in writing, and uh, it's just really exciting to see how many people appreciate God's Word being proclaimed, taught, and explained. And that's exactly what we're trying to do here is exalt God's Word. Uh, we know that if it uh, is presented to an audience like yourselves, that it will accomplish much good. If you have a good heart, you'll take this uh, to mind and, and into your heart and make yourself more uh, like God, uh, more like His Son. Uh, the Word of God will not return to Him void. We're very thankful that we have this technology that allows us to access all of you, uh, not only in this country, but across the world. As we know, we have uh, viewers uh, overseas, internationally, and we're very thankful for you as well, and thank you for your uh, stand for Christ in the places where you're at. We want to thank our deacons here, Jason Reed and Mark Townsend. Uh, they're always very faithful in providing us with the technical expertise we need to be able to put this on. And uh, you don't see them on camera. Maybe one of these days we'll put them on camera for you all to see who they are. You've heard their names, but they're invaluable. And we really appreciate them, their talents, and their uh, insights. And also appreciate the sacrifices of their family. Uh, they spend a lot of time with this program, that time that I didn't even realize until recently. And so we're just very thankful for what they do for us and thankful for the congregation supporting this. Uh, as always, want to give uh, each of us an opportunity to make an opening statement uh, <laughs> okay. of sorts. And so, Brother Bob, you have some words? Well, I was talking to somebody not long ago, and they were they, they said, they said, well, I, I'm kind of looking for a podcast to, to listen to, you know, and uh, um, there's a lot of stuff out there, but I'm just looking for the right one. I said, well, just take a listen to what we're trying to do. And, and I said, we do about 15, 20 minutes, something like that. It's kind of designed uh, to... A person can listen to it while they mm -hmm. take their children to school or while That's they're right. on their way to work or things like that and and maybe get a good a good boost a good shot in the arm of spiritual nourishment right. that'll help them through the day help them through the week we try to keep it practical and just talk about things and issues that people are facing in their lives and uh, if you enjoy it continue to listen tell Amen. other people about That's it right. and we can word. draw others into the into the study as well we really try to confine ourselves to studying the scriptures That's right. That's right. and uh, making a, a good practical application of the things we find there. And so we hope you enjoy it. hope you'll have the opportunity to share it with other people. Well said, brother. Appreciate that. So as you know, if you kind of go back, we a uh, long time ago established that we we're going to be talking about this idea of pursuing holiness. We worship a holy God who in turn expects us as his children, his people to likewise be holy. And we've talked about various ways in which we can be holy. And most recently, we spent a lot of time talking about holiness in our speech and pursuing uh, holiness with how we speak and how we uh, interact with each other and communicate with each other. We, in no way do we suggest that we have exhaustively covered everything about being holy with the mouth or with the tongue, but we felt like we devoted enough time to it that it was time to maybe pivot to some other aspects of holiness. And so that's what we're going to do with this podcast. And the first thing we want to talk to uh, or talk about in pivoting is obeying the law obeying the law. How can we be holy in our relationship to government? And uh, believe it or not, the scriptures do speak to what our relationship to government is, and it is important because it can affect our standing with God. God has given us instructions about this is how you are to relate to government. And as with any of God's instructions, if we fail yeah. to follow it, then that is considered to be sin. And so we want to talk uh, very briefly about what God has to say about this subject. And the seminal text for that tends to be Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 7. So I want to start with that, and uh, we'll branch out from there 
and see if we can make some application uh, to our lives. Romans, the 13th chapter, beginning in verse 1, reading from the New King James Version, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil, Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, Custom to whom customs, <clears throat> excuse me, custom to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. And so Paul begins chapter 13 by saying, every single soul is subject to the governing authorities. I like the expansiveness of that. Who does that leave out? Nobody. All of us have an obligation to be subject to the governing authorities. And he says there's a reason for that. Because when we submit, <clears throat> I'm having some problems with my voice, excuse me. When we submit to the authorities, We're doing more than submitting to the governor or the Congress or the president or the mayor or the city council. He says all of these authorities are appointed by God. God set into motion, God established, God gave us the concept of government and the authorities that exist under that concept, the actual ones in uh, office are appointed by God. And so the the natural flow from that, the natural result is this. If you resist the ordinances of these various governing bodies that were created by God, that were appointed by God, that is the same as resistance to God himself. That's the argument he's making. So he really underscores the gravity of obeying the governing authorities. It's a matter of obeying God because this is a system that God set up. And then he goes on to talk about really why the system was set up this way. And it really has a twofold purpose. On the one hand, it's to reward and praise and encourage those who do good. But it's also to punish and to deter and to uh, discipline those who do bad. So you see that where he says, for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good and you'll have praise from the same. So that's the positive thing. He says, look, if you don't want to tangle with the authority, if you want to have a good relationship with the governors and a good relationship with the county commission, a good relationship with the federal marshals and law enforcement, there's a very simple solution to that. Do what the law says. Do what is right. Do what is correct. And, And then you have no problem. But he says on the flip side, If you do evil, then you need to be afraid because the same government that God has ordained in order to praise those who do good also is authorized to use force to bring those who do bad into a line in terms of what the society has determined is appropriate. And notice he says, and this is not an idle threat, he says he does not bear the sword in vain for he's God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. That's very strong language there about Mm -hmm. how the government is empowered to use force And we know even at times deadly force to enforce what is right and what is wrong. And so uh, there's very clear uh, purpose for government. It really is for our good. It's something that we should embrace. Uh, If we didn't have government, think what we'd have, utter chaos. People just doing what they want to do, no restraints, uh, the survival of the fittest uh, in a social or political way. We don't want that. 
the law provides order, and that's something that we should appreciate. Uh, Brother Bob, you have some things to say about that. Well, we kind of live in two kingdoms, don't we? We, we, do. we, we live in the, a heavenly <clears throat> kingdom, Paul says, where our citizenship is right. in heaven. Right. So we understand that. We live in a heavenly kingdom, and our citizenship is in heaven. We have certain responsibilities mm -hmm. as citizens of heaven to, to fulfill and carry that's out. Right. But we also live in an earthly kingdom. We, we are citizens of an earthly kingdom. And as a result, there are blessings that come to us, right. benefits that come to us, but some responsibilities as well. That's right. I think Jesus recognizes that in Matthew chapter mm -hmm. 22, mm -hmm. when they come to Jesus and they ask him, is it lawful to pay tribute to Caesar right. or not? And he kind of says that. He says, you know, in, 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 as, after some discussion, mm -hmm. render to Caesar the things that are mm -hmm. Caesar, the things that belong to Caesar, and to God the things that belong to God. Now, you live in two kingdoms. Right, right. And so when it comes to your earthly existence, Okay, you have certain obligations to right. the earthly kingdom that you live in. But you have spiritual mm -hmm. obligations that really supersede that, That's right. where there's some contradiction. Right. But you have obligations there as well. And so one of our obligations as citizens of an earthly kingdom is to respect the government and That's to right. obey its laws. I think especially in the first century early church, mm -hmm. when there was so much conflict between mm -hmm. government and mm -hmm. Christians, right. that was an important thing to do. I think one thing Paul is trying to say is we want to win the government over right. by our good behavior. Right. We want to be good citizens. We want to be cooperative. Mm -hmm. We're not out there trying to undermine the government or overthrow the government. Right. We, we're obeying the law. That's right. And win them over and have them sympathize with us because they see that we are good citizens, Amen. that we are cooperative people. Amen. So that's important to keep in mind. Sometimes we face some adverse circumstances sure. and some controversy and conflict with right. the government. We want to cooperate as far as we can. That's a great point. I love the verse you talked about, the verse in Matthew 22, uh, 15 through uh, 20, 22. One of the points he makes, as you said, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God. And so, and that's in the context of taxes. Sometimes you hear this argument, Bob. You hear people say, well, wait a minute. Now we're part of a spiritual kingdom. And, and even Jesus made the point to Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world because my kingdom were of this world. My servants would fight in John 18, 36. And so there's this sense that we rise above the day-to-day -day mundane requirements of earthly government, that we're just not subject. We're so far above that. And Jesus makes it clear that's not the case, that although you do have this dual citizenship, and obviously the obligations to God supersede those of man if there's conflict, if there's no conflict, you absolutely must respond and obey to the ordinances of men. Right. And, and if you go back over to Romans 13, he gives a couple of reasons for that. Verse 5, therefore you must be subject, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. So on the one hand, he says, look, if you want to avoid that sword being applied against you, in other words, the force of the government in an adverse way, then guess what? Follow the law. That's the way to do away with that. But he also says there's another reason. Even if you weren't worried about the threat of the, the, the sword and, and, the, and the punitive aspects of it, he said you do it for conscience sake. Why? Because he says this is the will of God. This is what God wants you to do. And so if you want to have a good conscience in front of this holy God that we're worshiping and pursuing and serving, then that's a reason you have to do it. I think about sometimes when we talk about the speed limit and things of that nature, and we'll talk about that maybe later in podcasts, but a lot of times people will say, well, you know, they don't really enforce it or they're not out there and what's the big deal? 
Well, yeah, that's one aspect of it, because he says, again, if you want to avoid the punitive aspects of law enforcement, but he's also saying, but there's a conscience reason. So it doesn't matter if law enforcement is there. It doesn't really matter if they give you five or ten over. He's saying, for conscience sake, do what the law says. And, you know, taxes are mentioned in verse 7. Honor to whom honor is mentioned. Uh, kind of a companion passage I like to point out when we talk about this is over in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. Uh, the Bible says this, Therefore submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake whether to the king as supreme or to governors, as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. And one of the points I like about verse 13 says, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Now, we, yeah. we struggle when we disagree with the ordinance, when we think the ordinance is foolish, when we think it doesn't make sense. Uh, we may disagree because the ordinance was passed by a party we don't support. Oh, that's a Democratic initiative. That's a Republican initiative. It doesn't, he says, every ordinance of man you submit to. Why? Because I'm trying to support that government, because I want, no, he says, ultimately, for the Lord's sake. It's much in the same way mm -hmm. that we work as unto the Lord for our employers. It's not just to benefit them, but we're going for a greater purpose. This is how we serve the Lord. And you see that dual purpose, again, of government for the punishment of the evildoers, for the praise of those who do good. And I like this statement for this is the will of God, that by doing good, you put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Now, one thing I did want to say, uh, when you go back to Romans 13, it talks about all authority being established by God and, and the authorities being appointed by God. And it gives you a general statement that if you want to avoid the punitive aspects of government, do good. If you do evil, you're going to get that. This is general teaching, right? And so there are, we know historically, there have been some administrations, there have been some governments that have been the very opposite of this, that even if you were doing good, you'd be punished. And right. so God is not excluded that God understands that, but this is a general statement of government across the span of human existence. This is what it's set up for. But God, as with every aspect of human existence, gives us free will. And so if you have particular rulers who decide that they want to exercise their authority in an irresponsible and abusive way, uh, that is allowed, not with God's tacit endorsement, uh, but it is allowed. And then here's, here's to really throw a wrinkle in things. And we all know this if we're good students of the Bible. God will sometimes use the free will of that oppressive government to accomplish his purposes. Right. And you know that in the, the history of the Israelites. And I'm always fond of Habakkuk. And right. Habakkuk is like, look at how corrupt these people are. Talking about the Jewish people in Judah and, and how terrible they are. And God says, all right, I got this. I'll take care of this. We've got the Babylonians coming on the scene. They're going to take care of that. And Habakkuk is like, wait a minute, God, these people are far worse than my own people. How can you do that? And God's basically, I can use these people to accomplish right. my purpose without endorsing what they're doing right. and without holding them guiltless because God will say, and when I get done punishing Israel, I'm going to hold them accountable for what they That's did right. as well. So uh, just want to make a point in case people may say, well, wait a minute, you're saying that God endorses what Hitler did and what Mussolini no. did and things of that nature. We're not saying that at all. Bob, you got some thoughts on that? Well, even under those circumstances, when the government is, is adverse toward Christians and, and maybe we're in conflict, still we, as far as we can, right. submit ourselves to their authority and be obedient to the law as far as we're able to, unless it conflicts with God's law. That's you know? right. We must obey God rather than men. That's right. You know, I was thinking about a statement you made a moment ago, without, you know, without law, it'd be total chaos. Be yes. Very, 
The world is dangerous enough as it is. <laughs> Imagine what it would be like if there were no law. Exactly. But there's a, a passage in First Timothy that, yes. that oh. reminded me of. That right. The law is not made for a righteous person, right. but for those who are lawless and rebellious. That's right. That's right. And so the law serves a good purpose. So we, we may not like it. We may not like the way it restrains us. Mm-hmm. But it's trying to bring order and impose order onto a chaotic potentially very chaotic situation. That's right. And so when we cooperate and obey the law, we're adding to and contributing to the order of society, That's which right. makes it a livable, you know, a livable place. Amen. And so if we're in rebellion and resisting and right. going contrary to the law, well then we're adding to the chaos. That's a great point. And making it, you know, just uh, not not as good a place. So there has to be order. The law serves a a good purpose in that, Amen. you know, in, in achieving that order. And we want to be cooperative within that. Absolutely. Well, in a future podcast, probably talk some more about the Acts 529 exception, what uh, Bob referred to when he said that we ought to obey God rather than man. But it is so important. One of the things you said I think is so critical. Remember what we're here for. We're trying to spread the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to as many people as possible. And in doing so, we don't want to... Uh, align ourselves with political dissidents or be you know, troublemakers that's going to undermine our influence. We don't want to do anything that hurts our ability to win more souls to Christ. And part of that is to be law-abiding citizens, to do what the law says. Even when the law, again, may not be particularly enlightened, we may disagree with it, but if it doesn't rise to the level of a conflict between serving our God and serving our government, guess what? We have to submit, as Peter said, to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. So let's try to be more holy in that regard. Think about the different ways, and we'll talk about another podcast, some of the practical applications of this principle, but we need to be law-abiding citizens. And part of that is very simply to know what the law is. And we've always heard said, ignorance of the law is no excuse. That's absolutely true if as a legal proposition, but it's also true as a moral proposition. We need to know what the law are or the law is, and we need to ad- adapt our uh, behavior accordingly. And so find out what the law is. If you find it, run across something, somebody said, did you know that was illegal? Oh, I didn't know that. Look it up. Yeah, it is. I'll stop doing that. I'm sorry. You know, and there are things sometimes we, we don't understand about taxes and what we owe and what we don't owe and that sort of thing. Well, when you find out, when you know better, you do better. And That's so right. uh, we, we certainly want to be law-abiding citizens and thereby bring glory and honor to our Father in heaven. Well, we have come to the end of the podcast. We thank you for your t- uh, kind attention. I uh, encourage you to spread the word, get more people to uh, listen, your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers. If, if there's something in particular kind of strikes you, how about after having listened to that, go into the workplace, go into the school, go to your neighborhood, go to the checkout lines and say, you know, there was this very interesting discussion on X. Uh, take the initiative and spread that word and we'll get more people listening to this podcast and so the word of God will be exalted. Brother Bob, as you know, we always uh, end our That's podcast right with a prayer and so I'd like to ask you to do that okay, at this time. Sure, sure. Our Father in heaven we're so thankful for all that you've done for us we're thankful for the gift of your son Jesus he's willing to come into this world go to the cross and atone for our sin we're thankful for the love that you have for us the grace that you've shown to us we're thankful for your your power and your wisdom that uh, made all these things possible and so Father we're we're thankful for the fellowship that we have with you through Jesus Christ we understand, Father, that that relationship brings about some responsibility on our part, that we have a responsibility to pursue holiness, that you are a holy God, and for us to continue to be in fellowship with you, we must pursue holiness. And uh, we've been talking about that in our, in our study, and we, we pray, Father, that our study has been effective in that it's bring to, uh, brought to our attention areas where we can improve in, in one way or another and become more and more the holy people that you want us to be. It's not always easy, 
to be different from the world around us. Sometimes very, very challenging, very, very difficult. There's a lot of pressure on us to conform. But give us the strength, Father. Give us the wisdom uh, to maintain that holiness, that distinction, so that we'll be useful for your purposes, that we'll be tools in your hands to accomplish your will in the world. Help us, Father, as we continue to study. Help us to see the things in your word that you would want us to see. Help us to make the application in our lives that you want us to make. And we pray, Father, that we will become more and more conformed to the image of your Son. Again, we're thankful that he came to earth, that he died for us, to give us that hope of eternal life. And it's in his name that we pray these things. Amen. Amen.